This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Subscribe with iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. And if you enjoy what you hear, like us on Facebook. Also, consider throwing a little cash our way by visiting patreon.com slash koreafm. And find more of our great content on our home on the web, koreafm.net. As the temperature here in Seoul and other parts of the country has recently risen, so have reports of public intoxication and altercations with the police. This trend was recently written about by a newspaper reporter here in Seoul, and I spoke with her to learn more about the incidents and what might be causing them. My name is Tam Young-hong, and I'm currently working for the Korean Times. You recently wrote that, quote, as night creeps in, people start going to outdoor bars to cool off. Um, So basically, you know, you're saying it's getting hot here in the summer and people are drinking more to deal with that. Um, That's probably something that happens normally here in Seoul across the country, as it does in many countries around the world. Um, But it has been specifically very hot as of late. I know that a lot of my friends are complaining about the heat. Um, So do you think that this is just a normal occurrence that happens every year in South Korea, or is what you're talking about now more than what has happened previously? So from my point of view, you know, drinking always has been the problem in Korea, right? Uh, But I think it is getting even worse because, you know, like a lot of young people are suffering from um, like job loss and they like unemployment and the you know the economic situation is suffering from the recessions so i think people are like going to like drink outdoors to you know relieve their stress even more and also yeah the even like definitely the hot weather is also um being responsible for the drinking and also like a lot of convenience stores around the streets are setting up their patio, you know, like tables and terrace balls. And yeah, I think that's um, the reason why the, the outdoor drinking is increasing recently. And then in your article, you also wrote that, quote, when drinkers become a public nuisance, the situation can pose problems for police as well. So what are some of the problems that have been happening that you're aware of? You also wrote that a number of cases resulting from disturbances caused by drinking have surged here in uh, the ROK over the past few days. So what are some of those cases that you're referring to? Um, I personally spotted some disturbances by myself. Uh, as well as like the things I wrote in the article, such as um, yelling out loud on the streets, um, you know, causing causing a lot of disturbances around the neighborhood, and they also like puke around, um, you know, pick fight with strangers in the street. So one man like who was lying drunk on the in the public park on the bench. Somebody reported him to the police that there is a person like you know lying drunk, and then when the police came by, he tried to you know pick on a fight with the police because he was so drunk and he was unconscious about what he was doing, and like something like that, like drunk people um in public spaces are like just causing problems with police and the strangers and the neighbors.
And like I personally pass through the street every day, which is full of strong people who are drinking outdoors, uh, you know, in the convenience store. And like they are trashing cigarette butts and all the beer cans around the convenience store. And it's actually really like making the neighbors around the stores uncomfortable about the smell and like just a lot of noises. Um, I actually lived in Germany for about a year um, back in 2008, and uh, just like here in South Korea, it's legal to drink on the street there or in a park, um, but that's definitely not the case in the United States, you know, where I'm originally from. But since it is legal to drink in public places here in South Korea, as well as it was back when I lived in Germany, what would you say is the difference between, you know, someone drinking outdoors with their friends, maybe coworkers, or even people, I've done this, you know, people you just meet while you're outside drinking versus causing a public nuisance like the ones that you have seen yourself or the ones that you just wrote about for the Korea Times? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it's all due to like binge drinking, over drinking, I, I say. Like it's okay to like fog in a small group and, you know, drink cold beer. But when those people go out to public spaces like convenience stores on the street and you know uh, step into a wrong neighborhood and urinate or puke in front of their doors that's a problem I think so I think the space itself is also a big part of the, the, the whole problem you know the public spaces convenience stores like and like public parks playgrounds so I, I actually think that's a problem In addition to what you just mentioned, you also wrote that some of these people that have been drinking too much have even fought police. Um, As an American, you know, the idea of fighting with a police officer is pretty outrageous for me Um, and also very scary just because of, you know, all the violence that we've seen on both sides, you know, um, of of the argument uh, in the United States. Uh, But I actually I have seen a lot of people here in South Korea put their arms on officers or even kind of, you know, push a police officer, which once again, as an American, was very surprising for me when I first saw that. Um, So I mentioned this because I want to know what you think about what's happening when police get called to these situations. Do you think that the police are just trying to calm people down, um, make sure that there's no escalation, and then just tell everyone to go home and have a good night? Or are people getting arrested when people make complaints like this? How how do you think these events uh, are, are unfolding? Um... So I have a police friend, and what he told me uh, was that when they're on the duty to go like on a patrol at night to deal with the drunks, uh, they simply have just have to like calm down those people uh, because they are causing a lot of noises and nuisance around the neighborhood, and and like sober them up. And like even th- even even that doesn't work. They take those people to the police station. Um, where they can, you know, come down and rest, and they, the police has to safely take them back home, back to their home. So um, what he told me was that, like, they actually feel pitiful, pity for those people because they know, like, you know, they are some of a lot of them are the fathers of families and like, you know, working people, and they know the, how stressed they are. So actually, they police are also feeling pity for those people, and they don't. They don't try to use any force against them unless it's necessary. 
And then finally, what are some ways that authorities or maybe even uh, you know city governments, who, whoever it might be, are trying to make this problem better? I know that you wrote that there are some clean areas that are being designated and offenders can also face a, a, a fine that they would have to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so actually, according to the Road, Road Traffic Act or like Food Sanitation Act, it's illegal to set up a parasol or a table outside the convenience store. And like the convenience stores are aware of that, but they are just turning a blind eye against it. And I was going to say, I think every convenience store in the entire country turns a blind eye to that rule. It's very common. It's very common. They know that it's, you know, very lucrative. And they just tell the police that they, that they didn't know, but actually they know it, you know. So, and like since 2009, like a lot of provinces in Korea has set a rule against um, drinking in public spaces, but it's actually been very ineffective because the standard for the punishment is not clear. It's unclear. So, uh, yeah, people drink and they don't get punished, but the rule exists. So it's a very weird situation. And in addition to increased outdoor drinking, summer's high temperatures also bring an increased chance for street harassment. My name is Brittany Hayes. I'm a teacher here in Seoul. Uh, I've been here about four years. I am the second president of PUSH. Uh, PUSH stands for People Unite Against Street Harassment. Uh, PUSH is an organization that was kind of birthed in response to a high rate of Uh, harassment in the Itaewon and Hebangchon area. Um, Our main goal has been uh, raising awareness about what harassment is because uh, it seems a lot of people in this area don't seem to know what harassment is and that things such as catcalling fall under that category as well. Um, So our main focus has been raising awareness about it and also trying to provide some uh, information about what they can do to kind of protect themselves from harassment and about um, getting information if they have been harassed about where they can go uh, to seek help. And so, Brittany, I just spoke with uh, the Korea Times reporter who recently wrote about this increase in public intoxication, you know, street drinking uh, late at night, um, even fighting with the police, um, she was telling me, that's been taking place, you know, this summer because of the heat. Obviously, this is something that probably happens here in Korea every year. Obviously, also as well happens across the world, you know, due to the heat. It's nice to go out and have a nice beer and kind of relax. Um, But my guess is, is that this might open people up or there might be um, a thought that this might lead to more opportunities for harassment to take place. Um, Do you or your group push, do you think that more harassment takes place here in the summer um, due to what I just mentioned? Why or why not? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We have definitely noticed uh, a decrease in uh, the harassment that has been reported to us in the wintertime. We are, our our, um, actions are almost non-existent in the winter because we don't really hear any cases. Um, People send messages to us all the time about, uh, you know, I was harassed, what should I do, who should I contact? Um, And in the winter, almost nobody contacts us. So yeah, I do think the weather, uh, you know, the nice weather being outside, people are a lot more likely to be sitting outside uh, of a convenience store and drinking booze 
than they are in the winter when it's freezing cold, you know? Also, I think in the wintertime, um, people are bundled up. They, they've got 17 layers on. It's really difficult to tell who could be a potential victim. Uh, these harassers, um, they are looking for someone who's, you know, weaker than them. And, you know, it can be difficult to tell who would be considered weak when you've got, you know, a puffy jacket and it's hard to even see your face or anything like that. So I think that definitely contributes and um, PUSH has definitely noticed um, an increase in harassment cases during the warmer weather. Based upon all the work that you and your group has done to try to help people have outreach so that people, um, as you just mentioned, you know, even catcalling is a form of harassment. Um, what, what have people been telling you when it comes to trying to report street harassment or what do you tell people um, is, is something that they can do to try to diffuse harassment when it's taking place here in South Korea? Um, well, as, as far as diffusing the situation, uh, we try to recommend just not talking to that person because usually harassment cases start with just saying hello. That person will just say hello to you, and depending on your response, they may follow you, they may try to do something more. So we always try to recommend that they just avoid, walk away, try to, you know, diffuse the situation. Um, but, of course, that doesn't always happen. So in terms of cases that, you know, have actually gone through, like they've been fully harassed, um, we've noticed that most of the people, because, you know, PUSH only works with foreigners mainly because we're working in the foreign-based uh, community here. Uh, not many of our members speak Korean, so we're, we're mainly talking about the foreign community here. Um, but in terms of reporting these cases to the police, we've noticed that either the response from the police is not adequate or the people uh, that are harassed don't trust the police enough to actually report it. So we've kind of got you know, a problem on both ends here. There's no winning in this situation. And then this might be something, uh, as you just mentioned, you deal mostly with um, non-Korean women, so foreigners that are, are living here in South Korea. This might be a little bit hard for you to answer, but um, I'm hoping just to be able to kind of talk about the subject with you and see what you say. Um, do you, so do you think living here as a foreigner in South Korea, um, does, does that leave people more open to, to harassment? Or in your opinion, would you say that this type of harassment is just normal anywhere across the world because of obviously uh, the difference in how women are treated by most societies? You know, for some men, you know, especially some Korean men, um, you know, like old ajashis, there might be some kind of, you know, exotic factor to it. I have heard uh, cases of women who've been uh, doing their morning run on Namsan and um, have noticed that there are some ajashis who only talk to them uh, when they're running. They won't talk to any of the other people around them, but will talk to them. So, I mean, surely there is an element, but... I think women everywhere are going to be harassed, no matter you know their nationality or anything like that. Um, but I do think, as far as the response goes from uh, reporting harassment, I do think that foreign women are going to have a little bit more difficulty than uh, Korean women, obviously because there's a language barrier. 
And then finally, if someone, uh, you know, unfortunately is the victim of harassment here in South Korea, what are some ways that they can go about getting assistance or how would you recommend that they go about perhaps reporting that? Um, Well, the first thing we always recommend is, you know, contacting the police. I know that a lot of uh, foreigners here are hesitant to contact the police because there have been so many cases of, uh, you know, inadequate, uh, you know, inadequately doing their jobs. But um, we always recommend contacting the police because, um, you know, there might be a specific cop that cares about your case. So we always uh, recommend doing that. We also recommend to contact your embassy, whatever your embassy is, contact them, and they will make sure that the police are doing their job the way it needs to be done. Um, as well as that, there are plenty of other resources. Um, I mean, there are there are dozens of resources listed on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash pushkorea. Uh, there are dozens of resources for women if they've been harassed, you know, all over Seoul in the... Um, Hehua area in the, you know, Hongdae, Shincheon, all, all, every area of Seoul, there is uh, a, re- a place that they can go to, you know, receive help uh, about this. But our main things is going to be, uh, you know, talking to the police, talking to your embassy. Those are the ones that we recommend. And then, Brittany, those are all the questions that I had. But um, as someone who deals with this a lot, um, was there anything else that you wanted to add that maybe I haven't thought about? Um. I do think it's important to recognize that the police response specifically to foreign women is, is you know, unimaginably inadequate. It's, you know, um, they're not equipped to deal with that, which is, you know, I mean, I think what there are two million foreigners living in Korea and especially, you know, this area, the Itaewon area, the Hebangchan area, you know, has a you know relatively high uh, level of crime. So I think it's important for the police to be able to at least lead us to someone who can communicate with the foreign community. So I do think it's important to recognize that there is, you know, there, there's something to be desired when it comes to contacting the police. I'm Chance Dorland for KoreaFM.net. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net.